Welcome to Dev Bootcamp Live, the podcast where we help you level up so you land your first engineering job and you become the best engineer in your the best engineer on your team. My name is Juan Di Sarazo. And I'm Jared Potter. Okay, Jared. So today, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, the topic today is going to be talking about the distinction between a static web page or web app and a full-blown single-page application web app. So we're just going to kind of explore, you know, what these two things are to make it really clear for, for students that I've noticed have had some trouble understanding the difference. And also when to use one over the other. There's mm -hmm. not one clear answer to say, hey, always use a single-page application or always use uh, a static page. So uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into it. Yeah. So Juan, why don't you give a, a kind of a high level view first um, yeah. of 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 a sing, of a static page versus a, a yeah. Let's provide let's provide some context. So you know, back in the day when web app development started or static websites, right? Um, everything was more simple. We used to just create websites with HTML, and the styles were attributes in the HTML. Then CSS came on the picture, and then we started like decoupling and separating these concerns for styling and presentation and markup or the structure of the document. Uh, but then as, uh, as, these, uh, as the internet started evolving and we had more needs for faster things, for more dynamic uh, applications, then, then we started transitioning how we build front end, right? And that's when we, the, the boom with these frameworks started and more heavily uh, applications, heavily based applications, JavaScript based applications started taking over. And, and especially because also machines started becoming faster. Phones became faster, right? So now it was easier to just have a lot of JavaScript. Back in the day, JavaScript was slower. Uh, you had to be very careful with the things you, have, you could do. It wasn't cross-browser compatible. It wasn't as standardized as it is today. There was no transpilers, right? But the, the, the problem with that and it's something that i've noticed as a trend is that now we just default to like let's do angular everything let's do react everything let's do view everything but always we want to think about the the actual need right so providing the context of the difference so that context I provided of how we used to build things before, that's more the static websites, right? Or a static web applications. Why there are also web applications even if they're static? Because they um they still have JavaScript. They still can be powered and interactive by JavaScript. They can still fetch some uh, information, right? But the, the, the difference is that they, they markup or we, we have these applications built is what's called markup driven. So we have the HTML written or, or the files and they don't really change. They're just as is, right? Like uh, a page that does not change uh, anything. Maybe let's say, and that doesn't mean it's not dynamic. For example, you can have a page with a static JavaScript that just changes the date and says today's whatever date, right? That's still a static website because you are not changing the source code based on other information. You are not fetching data from external servers. And one of the keys to do, to differentiate is we want to think about the like: Are you fetching things from a database? Is state driven and that's when we talk about dynamic web applications or single page applications right uh, which is when when we have this dynamic state that we just have the application and it reacts to that state and it renders based on based on that state so it's like the differentiation between those two like we have a source code that never changes and if I need to make an update I have to update the source code and then we have this source code that we deploy do we need to make an update we change some database some APIs and then the application doesn't really need to change so that's kind of like for example facebook right that that's very dynamic is it, it's a, a a web application but if we have a, a website like for example my portfolio page or my welcome page or your welcome page right it's just a static markup and and, 
and that's really so that's kind of like the high level difference providing some context jared yeah you did a, you did a great job providing the context around there between the the static site and and a single page application there yeah so yeah let's go ahead and um i want to get into talking a little bit more about some of the specific pros and cons first looking at kind of the, the static site so juan kind of already introduced it there where if, if, if what you need to build, right, either for yourself or maybe for a, a client that you're getting started with, a local business, whatever, a lot of companies, you know, or, or local businesses might just simply need a static site. They just need to communicate information to, to users, right, so they can be searched on the internet through Google and be found and provide some information like what's their store hours, what's their menu, what kind of services do they provide. But beyond that, there's really limited interactivity, but that's okay because that's all they really need. So in that type of case, Juan, would we build just kind of like some standard HTML, CSS, and maybe a little bit of JavaScript, or would we like build it with React? I would say when, when, you, like when, when the nature of your applications is that, hey, I need to deploy this and I don't need to update it until next year, like that is telling you that a static application is going to, you're going to get to market faster, you're going to deploy it faster, and it's going to be rendering faster. Another benefit, because we'll have to talk about this too, is that it's going to index easier in, uh, it's going to have search optimization, right? Search engine optimization out of the box also with uh, certain aspects because it's going to be parsed by the search browsers, by Google, by Bing, right? So so that's kind of like the, the, the default that I, I would go with that because I would be like, yeah, I can build you that and it can be, it can take, you know, a week, two weeks, like it depends, right? But if we start adding layers to something like that, like, hey, this doesn't need to change for a whole year. And then, um, we build like, okay, let's build an API, a React app, let's add the database, our deployment is more complex, and we can still get to market, but you're adding layers that you don't need, and it's kind of like you're over-engineering these, because that's, that's, that's not why, like, for example, React was born, right? React was born because uh, Facebook had a lot of dynamic things, right? And PHP just on its own, and the pure JavaScript was getting out of control, so they were like, hey, components, this seems to be a good way to tackle this problem, right? And they did it and it really they did it really well. And then other frameworks and libraries is starting following, right? And now we are everything we build today is with components, but because they're highly dynamic. So that would be like my take. Like if you're building something that does not change often, right? Even if let's say you want some dynamic thing, for example, hey, I want to show the weather widget every every day. That can still be a static markup driven application because you can just put a little bit of JavaScript that just like shows the weather thing and that's it, right? You don't need to have all these extra layers that over-engineer the application. And that will be my take on that case for that. And this yeah. is, a, by the way, this is a very controversial topic, right? Because there's like people that are like, no, everything is React or everything has to be dynamic or everything has to be Angular, right? But I think we have to use the tool for the right thing and the tool has to serve us and not the other way. Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's there's still definitely a place in the world for static sites, static web apps. Um, again, because I mean, a lot of the reasons that Juan just said, you know, it's a lot simpler. You're not adding on the level of complexity. Uh, it's going to be better for search engine optimization because it's going to be easier for the search engines to index, parse your page. Um, and generally, it can lead to your site being a little bit lighter weight or, you know, faster because you're not ending up including any sort of extra JavaScript libraries or any of the overhead that might um, come along with that. Um, a couple of the other kind of little benefits that I've seen as well is that um, it, it does offer, you know, a lot of flexibility. And when you do want to maybe add a little JavaScript library for, you know, a very specific purpose on your website, 
you know, it's, it's pretty easy to, you know, take vanilla HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and just add in a little library. Um, use, and you get to control what, what gets brought in. Mm -hmm. You just copy the, the script tag from the CDN and add it and you're done. It's going to load fast, right? It's a CDN, distributed network, highly available, and, and you're done. So that's, that, that, that's very important. Another, another thing with, with that is that it's not that it's a bad thing to do dynamic applications. The problem is like, let's say you create a dynamic portfolio and you want the portfolios to be indexed by Google, then you're gonna have another layer. You will have to do server-side rendering. And yes, you can have those optimizations, but then adding another layer and server-side rendering is very hard when you have these single-page applications, right? Because they have these different states that then have to, um, let's say, talk to each other and sync, right? And then it makes it difficult. It makes it, very, it makes it difficult. And there's tools that make it easier, but there's a lot of layers in the learning curve. Another thing is that, uh, and, and we can talk about this, Jared, is that um, when you mentioned that part about the performance, right, that, that, that the lighter weight loads faster, the reason is because there's not so much scripting time, right? So uh, for our audience out there, you know, you have homework with us, uh, research about the pixel pipeline. The pixel pipeline is like the, the steps that takes to render pixels in the browser from the moment you visit and make a request to a web server. So there's a scripting time because the, 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 when you have a React application, it has to download React, right? It has to download the bundles. It has to download the libraries. And it depends on how the application is built. But in general, in Italy, at least the minimum things to render that homepage or that first application if everything is client-side from the browser. So that has a performance cost and there's a scripting time there. So that when you have just markup-driven applications, it's just gonna load and render right away because there's no extra scripting time. Maybe if you have some JavaScript, it's gonna run after everything loads. Uh, if you need it uh, that way, or you can render it after the, the document is ready, for example, right? Or if you don't need that, you can just start uh, scripting before, but it's gonna be, that's why the those are more efficient um, and that's why they just naturally load faster. Um, Jared, what do you know about like, or what do you think about like, because there's all the alternative, this, this take where we can create a React app or a Angular app and then we can create a static sites of them. So there's different tools about that. And they said that's like an extra step, but that's also, uh, we can talk about those tools too. Like what, what tools have you heard about on those? Um, if you're familiar with those, I haven't, I haven't used a couple, but I haven't like not professionally. So I'm sort of familiar with a couple of those, but not really like an expert because usually I just default to like static markup if that's the case at that point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's a, there's a few popular tools out there. And I mean, we're not going to get too, too deep into static generation, but um, there's kind of these two things that, that you can kind of do. Uh, let's say you do have an app that's either written in Angular or Vue or React or something like that. You can kind of do two different things. Either one, you can do a static site generation where it basically will take your, your markup and actually render it out to be a, you know, an index HTML file. Um, and then you could then host that particular file. Um, to, go a, to go a level beyond that, you could also add on something called server-side rendering, which will then, every time there's a, a new request is made, it will then actually render it on the server. Um, kind of a funny thing is that server-side rendering has actually been around for basically forever. If you think about PHP, if you think about ASP, um, you know, all of those things are ultimately rendering on the server and then providing an uh, index HTML file on the front end. But to get to the specific tools, um, in the world of uh, uh, React, you, there's a thing called Next.js. And then in the world of Vue, there's something called uh, Nuxt and UXT.js. Uh, and both of them provide both static generation if you just need to do it once, 
or if you need to actually have uh, server-side rendering as well. One last bit as well is like, you can still do that and still then ultimately have React or Vue running as well. Um, but it just helps that initial load be faster and helps with um, search engine optimization. But Juan, is there, is there a tool for Angular? I, I'm not sure if there's yeah, a tool out there. So I there is. Yeah, so here in Utah, we have, uh, there is this engineer that is uh, very involved with the Angular community, Aaron Frost, and he and his team with his company, they worked on, on Scully. So they launched it, I think, last year. And I think it's still like beta or alpha or release candidate, but I don't think, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I haven't checked for, for like six months. But Scully is a site generator, something like GAPT, right? Like for React, that you create your Angular app, you put, you use Scully, and Scully will generate like a static pages based off of your routes and your views. And if your routes use dynamic things like APIs, then it will generate the static markup for it, which is great for indexing and static site generation. Uh, but, it, but yeah, every Everything comes to trade-offs, right? So if you have to create, uh, like for example, my students, they ask me like, hey, I want to create a portfolio page. I tell them like, they not react, but I tell them, well, you not react, but really you don't need to do react and you're going to, it's going to be faster to not use react because it's, uh, it's an overkill for just a basic portfolio page or a contact page, right? But if you need to build something rich, let's say I want to build, I don't know, a news feed, pulling news from an RSS feed, that is still could be static. Use a static markup, a little bit of JavaScript that fetches that and it's done, really. You don't need to add all these frameworks and tooling because remember, when you're pulling a framework, let's say you're pulling, or a library, let's say you're pulling React, you don't need just React, you need Webpack. And you, Webpack doesn't just use Webpack. They have their inner dependencies, right? Their internal dependencies. So you're pulling 200 or 2,000 modules, right? When you check your non-modules and just to do all these build process. And, and this is funny, Jared, when you were mentioning uh, about the like, Ultimately, like back, the, the, the server-side rendering has been around for a long time. It's really funny because we started doing like static applications doing client, right? Everything was client HTML. Then there were needs, right? So we started doing a lot of server. So we started a lot of PHP and Ruby on Rails and a lot of backend stuff. And now it's like, we're back to like, okay, let's do just no client. Client is better, SPA, everything, AngularJS, React, right? All these things. And then everything became again client. But then it had the trade-offs. It was lower, it, you know, the, the, the not indexing, friendly indexing with the search engines. And now we're back to like, okay, let's go back to the server, but let's mix it, right? So it's kind of like this back and forth, but just think that everything has trade-offs. And I think we should give some examples, Jared, on like, on like when it should be better to do just a static or, or do dynamic, even though we know like we can get away by doing just static or just dynamic and it's still, we can get it to work, right? It's just that one is going to be harder, right? Let's say we have a dynamic site, very dynamic. We could do static and a lot of heavy JavaScript, but maybe we're taking the longer path. Right, so it's just trade off. So give some examples, yeah. Like for example, a basic contact page for a company or a basic homepage with products and a contact page that change every year. A static or dynamic web app? What would be better there? Static. Static, definitely. Uh, I couldn't hear you. I think you're you're rolling. Static. Yeah, now I hear you. Yeah, I think you went down for a moment. Okay, perfect. So um, other example, let's say Facebook. We're building Facebook.com. Do we use static or do we use dynamic? Like do we use React or Angular or something like that? Because it's so dynamic, it's gonna be it's gonna be a dynamic web app. And and why why is it dynamic? Like uh, let's provide that context. But uh, after our break, let's uh, share our twitters and then let's provide the context why. Facebook, for example, why why is so dynamic? Like, what do we mean by that? Let's dig into that, Jared. Um, let me share here our Twitters. 
So, you know, you can always reach out and follow us on Twitter. So my Twitter, right, is just uh, J-U-A-N-L-I-Z-A-R-A-Z-O-G. That's my handle. And you can find links on whatever platform you're this, listening this on or watching this on. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. We publish content every week. If you're on any other platform, uh, follow us there so you get the new podcast. This is an, an audio format, so that's why we don't share anything on the screen or live code for you. And everybody can find me at twitter.com forward slash Jared Potter. That's J-A-R-E-D-P-O-T-T-E-R. Uh, feel free to send me an app message, right? Um, be happy to answer your questions or even just say hello. Yeah, you can tweet at us and we, we're always like engaging and interacting, right? Like there's some, some funny things happen sometimes too. Like it, it, Twitter is interesting. I like that platform a lot. Uh, but yeah, just follow us, follow Jerry, follow me, subscribe to this platform. Um, uh, working good content and new content every week. So continuing, Jared, like why, when we say dynamic, like really what's happening? Why is it so dynamic? Like, let's yeah, talk about so, that. So something like Facebook or any other social media, the idea is, you know, people are posting new content all the time. People are commenting, people are liking posts, sharing posts, right? Things are very um, dynamic, right? They're changing a lot. And for this reason, um, you know, you could go out and do something like static site generation um, on top of Facebook, but really because the content's changing so much, like the benefits you're getting from generating your site or statically hosting your site, like the search engine optimizations, those kind of end up being diminished because the content is so, so dynamic. Um, so really, yeah, the, the kind of the solution here is when, when the content is changing so frequently and it is just a variety of different content that's coming in, that's, that's an example of when you would want to very specifically use, you know, a single page application without any sort of uh, static generation or SSR. And there's, exactly, and that's perfect. And there's another alternative in between because we have like, hey, client only or just a static, right? But we also have the server only. For example, let's say we say we use Laravel in PHP or Ruby on Rails or uh, ASP.NET, stuff like that. We, we have those benefits where we just, server side, we dynamically generate the markup and renders from the server, like if it was static, so it indexes. And that's another way to build things that I think we take them for granted. Like today we default, like, no, it has to be an API because my application is going to scale to millions of users, right? But I always tell, like, you cross that bridge when you get there. Like if you create a super, you have a great idea for an app, just build it, like, take the fastest path to take it to market. If the app goes viral or if the app grows, it starts making money, then at that point, uh, start improving your infrastructure. But don't spend like, uh, because this is a common mistake we make. I have made that mistake, right? That we get all excited about tech and we uh, start like adding layers and things, but we learn those lessons the hard way. And that's why we're sharing those lessons now. So yeah. so we have that that take too, like if you need. So so usually I think like, like we, we have, um, for example, yeah, we have a project and I say like, okay, we need to build this project. The first question is how often do you need to update the data, right? Is it like daily, weekly, right? If it is something daily or weekly, maybe a CMS, server-side rendering, would take, do it, right? But is there like a lot of customization and a CMS does not work, like something like Joomla or any content management system, then it's kind of like, okay, maybe then we need to do the API, React or Angular or one of those stacks, right? Or no, it changes once a year, or once every six months, then just a static. You can build it in two hours, right? Um, so, so yeah, that's like yeah, a good definitely. example. Uh, yeah, so, so now, I mean, we kind of have covered static sites pretty well. 
Um, so I kind of want to transition to talk a little bit about some of the, the merits of, of using a single page application. What are some of the, the, the biggest benefits? So um, to kind of get into that, you know, I'm going to talk about one of the limitations of static sites, which is that, you know, when you're using a static site, it, when you, when you, you know, you go to your index.html file, you load it in your browser. And if you then want to go to a different page, like the contact page or just any other page, you'll notice, and if you watch carefully in your browser, the whole page will, will change. It'll refresh. And you'll also notice in your little tab in the top, it's going to do a little spinny thing. That means that your browser had to make a whole request to the server and it then had to come back before it could even display it. And, you know, this is totally fine on lots of different types of websites. But if you want an even like faster, you know, snappier user experience, that's where using a single page application is, is really useful. And, you know, when we talk about single page applications, we're it's, it's what we've been talking about. You're generally using a framework, React, Vue, Angular, or any of the other dozen, uh, two dozen uh, frameworks out there, libraries that you can use um, for this purpose. So, so one of the core benefits is that, you know, if you go to facebook.com or twitter.com and if you try to clicking in between the navigation between the different pages, you'll notice that it changes pretty much instantaneously. And you also notice that the whole page does not refresh and mm -hmm. do not see that little spinner. So this is one of the, the, the benefits of using a single page application is it kind of just provides a more immersive experience. Um, and, um, but yeah, Juan, can you tell us a little bit like what, what is the browser doing in yeah. a single page application yeah, than so, a, a static? So, so the trade off there, of course, is that let's say you have a header, a nav bar, right? And then the content page and you're in a static page and then you visit the contact and you go to about us. What happens is that the browser is going to make the request to the server, say, hey, I want to visit this route. The server says, yes, I have this file. Serves that file, but you are re-downloading again the markup for the navbar, for the sidebar, for the footer. So you are having more chattiness, right, with the static side because you're downloading these things. And it's fine, but if you have a lot of dynamic content that you need, it's just going to be better to have that single page application experience. And how it works is that you just have Traditionally, it depends how you build it or architect it, but traditionally the, the basic uh, ballpark is that you just have a file, an HTML file, like an app.html or index.html, and that file uh, is loaded just once, downloaded. That file downloads some JavaScript, and that JavaScript bootstraps the application. So that's when the application starts, once JavaScript works. If you turn off JavaScript in your browser, like if you say your browser blocks JavaScript on all the websites, I guarantee you, you're probably not going to be able to use like 80% of the websites out there or web applications because all of them require JavaScript to have a good experience. Uh, maybe big companies like Twitter and Facebook have a fallback where they are just work with pure HTML, right, for those types, but maybe it's not widely supported, meaning that it does not support all the features. So the benefit is like you downloaded the index, but now you don't have to really download uh, markup anymore. Or maybe if you do, you just download what we call partials which let's say I visit another page that has a little weather widget. It will just download maybe some JavaScript that will append that HTML dynamically, or maybe downloads that HTML and then appends it dynamically. Uh, but it's a partial, it's not redownloaded everything. So just because of that is faster because it's just requesting what is needed. And the most common case, for example, you visit your Facebook newsfeed. Um, and Facebook is a good example because everybody knows about Facebook, so it makes it easy, right? Um, the thing is that let's say you visit a newsfeed, uh, with Facebook and you scroll down, 
It's just downloading data and it's state-driven. So downloads new data and says like, hey, new data, this is what I need to render. But everything to render that page is already in your client. So the request and the chattiness is very reduced because it's just downloading the new bytes for that takes for that post, right? For those URLs for the image that your friend posted, like those different things. So that's why like the experience is faster. And that's why like for these software as a service companies is traditionally better to, to go with that dynamic uh, uh, application, right? And it can be either just full server side or something like React, Angular, like a, maybe a, a MERN stack or uh, these different stacks that we have, right? But that's uh, that's kind of like how how it works and that's why it feels faster. There's no navigation. The routes are virtual, virtual routing. Uh, all the routes always redirect at the server side to your index HTML uh, because the routes are not found, so redirects to that. And that's one of the problems though, like we don't really have a true not found code when you don't have routes uh, because everything is handled from that main entry point file. So it's the trade-off and that's why indexing from the search engines do not work really well because they just see one single file with that snapshot of what they have Maybe we have JavaScript or with some JavaScript now, but you don't have all those routes because it's kind of like there's no sites there. They're virtual. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's, it's worth talking a little bit about that of why, you know, people talk about single page applications not having as good of search engine optimization. So to kind of give you a little bit of sense, it's that, you know, when a, a search engine is going over all these different websites, you know, they're going to load the index.html file. But, you know, if a lot of, you know, a naive solution is the search engine is just going to assume that as soon as it loads that index HTML, that that's it. It's going to scan that page. Now, if it's a single page application, like Juan said, you're going to be downloading a little bit of JavaScript. You're going to then be running that JavaScript. You know, the search engine that's indexing might, might not stick around, right, for that, for you to, for all that content to be loaded to then index it. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, you know, you want to ensure that um, when, when you are building your navigation, sure, you could build it in a way where like you could create like buttons, but really you do want to continue to use anchor tags in your, in your single page applications because, you know, more, you know, smarter search engines will actually recognize that, hey, you have, you know, a header, a nav bar, and it's going to be able to then go in there and potentially explore those other sites from your, from your main uh, main page there. Mm -hmm. um, again, certain search engines are, you know, aware of single page applications running and will account for that. But, uh, it's, but not it's always great. something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, for my experience, like I have just gotten like the homepage with some of the dynamic data, but that's it. Nothing else. Even if I create a sitemap, that's not work. And that's when static generators are good for indexing, but it's another layer to maintain. So it's like all, everything is trade-offs. So Jared, let's just give, uh, to wrap it up today, let's give some takeaways. Instead of a recap, let's do takeaways of things to like keep in mind, right? Uh, for our audience. So for example, takeaways like one, um, if, uh, if you're building something that does not change often, the data once a year, once a month, right? Go with a static, it's just easier, right? It's, just, it's easier and you'll build it faster. That will be my first takeaway. Second, don't over-engineer. Don't add layers you don't need, even if they are cool and trendy. Don't create more work for you, okay? Third takeaway, Jared. Uh, yeah, well, I think you took the two good ones there, but just to, just to add on a little bit there, but yeah, just being really careful about asking yourself, what do you really need when, when you're building something? Again, just because it's trendy and fun, like React, Vue, or Angular, or you know, whoever you know, whatever other uh, stack of technology that you want to deal with, sometimes that's not what you need. And honestly, you know, making sure that you are still building static sites with 
basic HTML, CSS, and maybe a little bit of JavaScript, you know, those are foundations that you're still going to be using in any other framework or anywhere else. So, you know, be able to embrace when, when you do need to just build a simpler site, a portfolio site, um, you know, local business site, what have you. Um, but at the same time, I would also add just the takeaway of, you know, it's, it is important to also keep practicing the, you know, frameworks, Vue, Angular, uh, React, uh, because those oftentimes, you know, advancing those skills is gonna help you ultimately help land you a job. And uh, yeah, for takeaway, if the site changes something, uh, you saw dynamic and framework, right? I would like the conclusion from what you just mentioned. Uh, so yeah, everything is trade-offs. I would say like, if you're using, let's say you're using React, go play with one of the hundred static generators for React and just like, you know, install the package, generate the static code base of that, play with it so you have that sense of what it takes to create the static sides of your React app. And then think like, like just play with that tool. And if you're using Angular, play with Scully. If you're using uh, React, you have more options. If you're using Vue, um, use, what was the name of the, of the Vue one? Uh, Nuxt.js. Use, use that one. So, so just go and play. It's something that you need to do at least once. And then when you really need it, you know like, hey, well, we could use these for that, right? And you know about the tooling out there. And of course, I mean, this is just high level. We're just throwing concepts at you. You have to go and do your homework, research about it. It's just like for, for us to put these things on your radar so you know like, hey, this is a thing. It's okay to do pure HTML, you know, like these basic things. Uh, but yeah, no, that was it. So this was awesome. So uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, any, anything else to add before we wrap it up, Jared? Nope, I think that's good. Okay, perfect. So thank you so much for joining us in this episode of Dev Bootcamp Live, where we help you land your first engineering job and we help you become the best engineer on your team. I'm Juan Lizarazo. And this is Jared Potter. And thank you, for mo thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Take care.